Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Welcome back, guys. We are doing something brand new today where I am actually interviewing two people at the same time. So we're going to go around really quickly and introduce ourselves so that you can try to kind of learn our voices. So you probably know already, I'm Kristen. This is my voice. (laughs) I'm Brittany. This is my voice. (laughs) Hi, I'm Cassandra, and this is my voice. Oh, see, look at, we all like leaned into our mics. We're all very professional here, you guys. Yes. <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> so I, yes, have Brittany Mayer and Cassandra Spear with me and they together, which we're going to talk all about how this even is a thing. They wrote the book, Her True Worth. And so you guys co-authored this. I have it right here. I've got all my notes written inside. So exciting. Um, have, had either of you written books before real quick? No, this is our first babe, book baby. <laughs> Your first book baby. And you did it together. Do you think it was yes. easier or harder co-authoring? I th- okay. Cass, I'll go ahead <laughs> and answer this first. I feel like it was both, if that's even an answer that I can give. It was easy in that Cass and I just work so well in tandem mm. and we kind of complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. But it was difficult in that we did write this book in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually live across the, the U.S. So she's in Oklahoma, I'm in Michigan. So a lot of the writing process, all of the writing process was remote. Um, so that was, it was just a lot of communication. Like Cass and I joke all the time. We're like, she's like my, my second spouse. (laughs) We talk so much. I know it sounds funny, but we just talk so much and we're so like, you know, involved in each other's lives with the book stuff and just, you know, keeping, keeping check what's going on with us spiritually. And, um, so yeah. That's awesome. Cass, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the book is about? What the book is about, uh, well, yeah. it's her true worth. It's about finding your worth and identity in Christ, breaking free from a culture of selfies, side hustles, and people pleasing, and all of the things that we look for our worth in. We t- tend to work for our worth instead of living securely from it. So mm-hmm. we address that in the book. Yeah. And I loved what I actually really loved about it. And I'm jumping ahead of my own, <laughs> my own outline here, but was that especially at the end, um, the last chapter was called remind me again. And I am, I almost want to like rip out the whole chapter and make it its own little book that I can just read over and over again, because you do, you give all these practicals. Um, and there's a line in it where you say, remember when you're finished reading this book, he isn't finished with you. And I was just like, man, that is such a beautiful reminder because the book is so good. But I do think that's what we tend to do is to hear something, listen to a podcast, read something. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. We're so inspired. And then the same problems come back again. And we're like, oh, wait, what, yeah. wasn't there a thing here? You know, yeah. the point of that chapter too, is, you know, we really wanted to provide a chapter where like, this is how you apply it, right? This, like, it makes me think of that verse in James, where you see your reflection in the mirror and you turn around and walk away and you forget what you look like. Yeah. And so this chapter is essentially all of the little reminders throughout the book that we felt God put on our hearts to encourage you in your worth um, so that you can kind of take it away and know this is how I apply this to my life. This is how I walk it out when I do forget who I am, because it does happen. 
um, I need it. You know, I'm like a post-it person. So I like to leave post-its around, you know, with different Bible verses. So I kind of use that as like a post-it type of chapter, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I thought it was beautiful. I love it. And and I know at least for me, when the enemy is going to come after me, it's generally the same thing that he's used before. And somehow like, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, when am I going to actually move past this thing? When am I going to remember that I learned this lesson before? Mm. And I don't. And he always comes for me and my same insecurities and my same feelings of rejection in my same areas of weakness. And so even just the way that you guys spelled this out of, Hey, it's okay. And here are little, little reminders. I need those little reminders. So yeah, that was perfect. I'm so blessed that that encourages you. Yeah. Well, you guys met randomly on the internet, right? So you just said, Brittany, you live in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cass, you live in Oklahoma. Yeah. You met randomly on the internet. And so you, through social media, through Instagram, right? Yeah. The gram. <laughs> the gram. Well, tell me yeah. if I got this right. So Brittany, you saw Cassandra's feed or something she posted and you DM'd her because you were like, hey, I like what you're about. Was that the deal basically? That was basically the deal. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was back on when Instagram had the popular page, right. It was like a curated feed of like posts that were doing really well. Um, and I was on her true worth and I, you know, I had been praying about someone to bring on to co-lead this with me. I just knew it was a mission that, um, God was going to have me do with someone else. Um, And I had found Cass on the popular page. I found a post that she posted. I really resonated with it. And I just felt like, you know, it was like, you see the crowd and you like, there's one person highlighted. I felt like God just really highlighted her to me. Um, And it was cool because we had, you know, obviously many conversations after that. And it was really awesome to see God confirm that. And she's amazing. I love that. She is amazing. Cass, what did you do when Brittany like sent you a message? Did you, were you I weirded mean, out? Or like, what happened? <laughs> She's like, I, who are you? No. <laughs> well, I mean, at first, because I, I think I was just following her true worth, perhaps, at that point in time. And yeah. I, I was actually at a writer's conference learning how to write a book proposal. I was in Waco. And Brittany sent me, she slid into the DMs. And <laughs> she was like, you know, she's like, what's up? I really resonated with this. And when that happened, I was like, what? You know, I still, to this day, I still am completely baffled by the intentionality and like the wild yeah. obedience of Brittany, like that she just randomly saw something that resonated with her heart. Like she's just very genuine and authentic in that way. And she reached out and I was kind of like thrown off. I thought that I genuinely thought because I was guest writing for a different ministry that we had a friend in common that I thought she had heard from like heard of me from that larger platform. I had no idea that she had found my, my little corner of the internet. Yeah. That's something that we joke about because we're, we're really, really good friends with um, Elle Cardell from daughter of delight. And I had met Elle. I had the privilege of meeting her. I think it was in two, it was before I met Cass. I want yeah, it was before I met Cass. We did a social media roundtable through um, Life Church, and I got to meet her in person. And I really loved like just the way that she structured her ministry and how she delegated. You know, she had a team of writers, and I'm like, wow, I really need that because it's a lot to pump out content on your own. Yeah. Um, and so I had found Cass initially. I was looking for writers, and when I found Cass, you know, obviously her writing, she's so anointed um, with the gift of communication and. Yeah. Um, 
what's funny is I didn't know that she wrote for Elle and I had to message Elle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I promise. I'm not like taking a writer or anything. I did not even know she wrote for you. Um, and Elle obviously was so gracious about it. And Cass, I think your contract was up too. So it really it was, like yeah, it was, per- it was wildly perfect timing. Cause I, like That's you awesome. said, my writing time for her as a guest writer was literally up within like two weeks of me yeah. agreeing to jump on with her true work. Yeah. And, and it was, so at first, you know, she was writing and then it just, we just connected so well. Like I just felt that like kindredness between the two of us. And I just really saw the strengths that she had to lead. And she had been who I was praying about, you know, and I had been asking God and petitioning with God. And so it was just so cool to see him bring us together and then look what came of it, you know, look what came of that partnership. And it truly is God. You know, this isn't what we done in our own strength. Like this is, this is God ordained. So, yeah. Well, okay. So let me, let me make a, I don't know if it's a confession, but let me ask (laughs) you this. Let me ask you this question from the other side. Okay. Sure. Because I know that I listened to this story and part of me is like, oh, that's so lovely. And like, God brought you together and that's so great. And I'm so happy for you, but I would be lying if part of me was not like, okay, good for you but what about me? Like must be nice. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's a very cynical attitude, but I do think that right now, maybe with not such a bitter perspective, but I think that there are a lot of women, especially right now. I mean, we can see it. If we look at any social media platform, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, like everywhere. I think there are a lot of women who have the dream that like someone will find me, right? Someone will see me and I will be plucked out of the chaos and all of the noise. And so what happens is we end up finding ourselves trapped in this place of like every single thing that we have to post that we post has to be super impactful or very meaningful. And then I know at least for myself, even though my intention is good of wanting to help people, then I find myself trapped in this cycle of like letting my social media or my content then rule my schedule or my identity. Mm-hmm. help me with that very, very long. <laughs> so what, what would be your main question with that? How do you not allow it to become, yeah, and how do you think, how do we balance? Like, yes, wanting to, I truly believe that social media is part of my call to ministry. Like I really feel yeah. like God was like, yeah. the people are, it's a big, exactly. Thing. Exactly. exactly. Yes. And a lot of people laugh at that and think it's not real. And I'm like, okay, well, then you're, you don't have to listen. You can scroll. Yeah. It's okay. I think if so the like, apostle Paul were here now, he would be where the people are. And that's literally yes. social media. Yeah. Yep. Don't forsake in-person meeting, but yes, there's billions of people. Use the, on the internet. time. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I guess that's my question. It's like, how do we steward our gifts? Well, yeah. right. And, and put out meaningful content and do the things that we're called to without going, well, no one's noticing. And so therefore tying our identity or getting trapped. I think it's important to know that it's about obedience and not about opportunity. You know, we have to get to a place where we're not allowing something that we do to matter more than what matters most, which is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I can speak for myself. It is very easy to fall into that cycle of, of exhaustion with posting aesthetics, you know, pumping out content and It used to trickle into my quiet time with Jesus. And I found that I was sitting before him waiting to receive something for him so that I could create instead of just being still in his presence. Because if you do that and you position yourself to just be still, it will flow out of you. Um, 
and you know, some uh, Cass, I'm sorry. I'm just going to take this real quick. If you want to no, jump off. Do of not apologize. You're on one. <laughs> we'll come back to you. We'll come back. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think another thing is, is to be where Cass and I always say, be where your feet are. If God's placed you here, he's placed you here for a reason. Commit to adding value to other people's lives, encourage them, help them, reward them for following. You know, they've signed on to hear what you say. And so encourage and edify where you're at, but don't let it run your life. You know, try to be consistent. What I try to do sometimes is I try to batch content and it helps me to have like more focused yeah. time. Um, but it, it really can be kind of like a robotic thing. And so I think, like I said before, spending time with Jesus is first and foremost and knowing yeah. that you're not called, you're called to serve the body, but you're not called to allow that and what you serve, how you serve to become your identity. Yeah, that's good. All right, Cass, what about you? Did any of that resonate with you where, you know, you hear somebody else's story and you're like, yeah, you, but like, also what about me, God, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, no, I've had, I've definitely had those moments. And I've also had people who I was in relationship with that have had that exact response of like, that's really neat. And so cool for you. Like you didn't even try like that. You know, oh. what about and that, hurt, that hurts. I can imagine that hurts. Yeah, it can. Yeah. But you know what, though? I understand it. I understand it because it can feel really difficult when you're working hard and you're and you perceive that someone else gets something that you've been working hard for. Mm-hmm. And, and there's that yearning in your heart. And it's, it's a completely human instinct of like, well, what about me? Yeah. Where where how do I how do I get seen? Does God right. see me? Am I heard by God? And I think the most important thing, and like Britt and I talk, we talk to people about this regularly. We get asked like, well, was the, what was the post about that Brittany saw? And neither of us oh. could tell you. Because that's know. what they think the answer is. They're looking for yeah. an answer of like, if they I write that thing. They think there's yeah. a solution, like there's an equation, yeah. you know, like X plus Y mm-hmm. equals Z. And it's, it, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you, we don't even remember what the post yeah. was that resonated with Brittany for her to even see it. And I always tell people similarly to Brittany's response is like, be faithful exactly where you're at. Because I was actually, I was thinking about this, um, this morning while I was driving my son to the Starbucks to get him a cake pop. And I was thinking about this of like the hiddenness, those moments where you're obedient in the dark and the unseen spaces. I always hear people say like, be faithful in the small and you'll become ruler much. And I really just in my heart and what God has been doing for me lately is that like, there's a, a lot of muchness in those small moments yeah. and in that hiddenness. And, you know, like Brittany said, showing up where you're at and being faithful with what you have, you really can watch God do much. And there, there is a lot of strategy involved as far as like Brittany and I, we put a lot of work in thought and prayer into serving our community. Yeah. But ultimately we're really sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm. And and so that's I mean Brittany's sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and her own need, her own heart. I think that would be the bottom line is like knowing that there's a need and that you're trying to meet that need. Mm-hmm. Showing up with that solution of Jesus. Yeah. Because everyone's got a pain point and we're all we're all coming to the feed because we're hungry for something. 
Yes. And so yeah. if, if you are showing up and you see the need and you're meeting that need on a regular basis, that's really where it's at. Yep. Because Brittany found my, my words. I don't even know what I was talking about, but Brittany's heart was yearning for something. Yeah. She showed up to that feed and she was reminded it was a grain of truth. It wasn't yeah. the whole meal. Yeah. And it pointed her to the hope that she needed in that moment. And it yeah. resonated with her. And so I would just encourage everyone who is in that position, who is trying to show up and use the things that God has given them for his glory and the good of others, that they would continue to show up in the unseen and in the moments where they feel like they're in obscurity because nothing is unseen to God. And you have no idea from the other side of the screen who you're serving and the impact it's going to make. It's so good. And something I noticed about Cass, right, like right away, and this is something that I always tried to maintain in the way that I served with her true worth is she always focused on the one. She didn't focus on the thousands. I was, and, do you see my face? I was literally just going to say that. Like I just yeah. wrote that down. Really? <laughs> yes. You know, she did, she did. She had a couple hundred followers, I think at the time. And it's not about followers, you know, and she really focused on the one person that she felt it was going to encourage and speak to their heart directly. And we try to do that in our ministry. We really try to remind ourselves that if we're helping one person come to know Jesus or to know who they are in Jesus, then mission accomplished, Yeah, you know, and, and then our work is not in vain because that's the ultimate goal. And she was so good at that. And that was something I noticed about Cass right off the bat is that she was faithful in the small. She did notice the one she, she encouraged and showed up for the one. And that's huge. Yeah. It's I'm actually in the process of, well, not the actual process, but I'm going to, that's, I don't have any tattoos and I am tattooing that on my body, like before oh. the end of the year, because for me, it I really has been that. such a reminder of every time I get trapped in, you know, be it social media or some other kind of content, or I really feel myself unseen, like so much of what I put out, at least for my content is stuff that I'm learning and that God is showing me myself. Um, and so that has kind of always been the thing that draws me back is when I feel like I'm not seen by, you know, the multitudes, if I can just reach one person, exactly like you said, and on the flip side, then really I'm writing for the one who is God himself. And uh, he, the only one on. who can validate, you know, um, who I am and, and what I'm doing. Yeah, that's so good. And I love what you said. It's not, it's, it's about the one, but it's also about the one, you yeah. know? And I think it actually, when you think about it that way, it takes the pressure off of performance, right? It takes the pressure off of you to focus on the numbers. And, you know, through this book process, when you're working with a publishing house, they are very focused on sales. You know, we, right. we are grateful to be working with a Christian publication, but they do care about sales and they want <laughs> you to care publication, about sales. Right. Yeah. They want yeah. you to care about sales as well. But the problem is if you're so focused on that, it can, it can make you feel like you're falling short if, because I mean, are you ever really hitting the mark of expectation that you put on yourself? Right. But if you position yourself to know that what God says of you, that's all that matters. And you're showing up and you're doing this for him and for the one. Yeah. Nothing is better than that. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's good for us even to say here too, 
Like it doesn't mean that any of this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you no. know, oh my sometimes goodness. remembering that you're doing it for the one is hard. Sometimes showing up and being where your feet are is hard. Sometimes going when you're yeah. not seeing any kind of like tangible response is, is hard. It is. And so I just want to say that too, for people that are, again, are like, great, cool. <laughs> right. But yes, both and. And you'll, you know. and you know, you might not ever know the yeah. impact of your words and your work yeah. and where you serve. You might not ever know, but God knows. Yeah. And that always gives me peace. And mm -hmm. it just helps me. It helps to remind myself, my husband and I talk about all the time. Are you available or are you not available? It's like when you log on to, you remember instant mass a, uh, AIM. AOL, AIM. AOL. Yeah. It's like you log on and you see who's available to talk to and who's not. And I always, cause I, I have a heart for evangelism. So when I'm, you know, in person out and about at a grocery store, whatever, I'm always trying to like flip that switch on of like, okay, I'm available to you, God, who do you want to love where I'm at? Obviously everyone, but yeah. who is in this place right now that needs to know the hope that they can have in you. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> and one of you too. No, it's great. One of you too also mentioned like going back to the Holy Spirit and really being attuned to the Holy Spirit. And I've noticed, yeah. Brittany, I was actually not surprised to hear you say batch content, which for anybody that's not super involved in social media, that basically means sitting down and writing multiple posts, writing multiple things at once, like taking a day and going, I'm just going to write all this content. Yeah. Um, and maybe again, it's just me. That's one of those things that I can get stuck in a cycle of like, when I, if I'm batching content, I need to make sure that all of the things I'm trying to write really were coming from a place of Holy spirit, a place of God teaching me something versus a checklist of like trying to cover. I think maybe that's what it is trying to cover all the bases. I have to yeah. make sure I talk about every sin, every hope, every truth, every lie. And like, no wonder we feel spread thin. We don't yeah. have to do all the things we just have to write and share and teach the things that the Holy Spirit is putting on our hearts. Exactly. You know? And you can do it with the Holy Spirit's promptings. Something that helps me because I am a mom, I, I don't have the time to sit every day and work on content. So I have to batch it. Lately, I've been terrible about it. If you go to our page right now, <laughs> like we don't have a whole lot of content up because we're kind of in this like rest place right now. But you know, something that I do that, you know, I want to share that's very just a practical way to apply this is when you feel that God shares something or put something on your heart, put it in a note on your phone, you know, and I try to keep a note of like, just those like one liners or like when I yep. feel that he speaks something specific to me or about a verse or a revelation, I try to leave it in a note so that I'm reminded by it that when I do sit down to do my batch content, then I know it is coming from a place of the Holy Spirit. It's just, I'm making myself available to actually sit and reflect on it rather than, yeah. you know, having to pump it out every single day. I just can't. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what helps me. And if you're caught up in the busyness of life and it's hard for you to create your content every single day, you know, batch it, like we were talking about Kristen and, mm -hmm. you know, listen to the Holy spirit every day, write down what you feel he's speaking to you and expand on it when you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do it too. I laughed because I have like a zillion and a half notes in my, <laughs> in my, oh my goodness. right now. I have like 3,300 right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cass, do you have any writing tips, anything that you, that came to mind that would help people who are trying to maybe get started with this? 
Yeah, I would think the most important thing for me um, when I'm talking to anyone who's trying to get started is to know the need, know the need of the individual you're trying to speak to. Because a lot of times, I, I mean, I sound a little bit repetitive, but we see a need and we meet that need with Christ. Yeah. And so if if you know the pain point, you're able to speak into it. And if you're able to speak into it, you're able to establish credibility. You're able to, when you share your own pain from the similar pain point, you're able to have camaraderie and solidarity, your trustworthiness. People don't care what you have to say until they know that you care. A lot of, I know that's a very well-known statement, but I think it's very relevant to being a writer is that we wish to understand things and to be understood. And when, when I write, I try to remind people that they're seen and known by God by yes. reminding them about the things that I see you and I know this feeling and I want to validate that feeling. And so if we can do that from a perspective of being a writer, it really does establish a connection between you mm. and your reader. And it, it points them upward. It points them to Christ. So yeah. I love that. And, and Cass, since you've written for multiple publications, um, let me ask you first. And then Brittany, if you have an answer, I'd love for you to jump in and respond to for people who are, and I know we're going pretty content heavy today, but I know there are a yeah. lot of people listening that are like, can you please, you guys are both so successful or finding success and, and doing it well, um, that they really are just looking for like tips. So how would you encourage people to take it to the next level in finding connections, finding opportunities. I mean, I know that you both are aware because you're both females <laughs> in yeah. the world that there, the opportunities aren't always there. And, and it's a bit of a scarcity mentality and there's only so many seats mm -hmm. at the table. And so how would you encourage somebody to kind of, if they want to grow their platform, do more for God. And I am saying this and I want to not in a prideful way, I'm just going to lay that on the table and assume that everybody's listening is not making it about themselves. Um, so you can just go ahead and release that guilt of anybody telling you that it's selfish or prideful because we're doing this for the kingdom. Amen. Okay. Amen. But <laughs> what would you tell them about how to make a connection, find opportunities, that kind of thing? So the first and foremost thing I would say is I just want to, I'm sure that you probably already know this because you've read our book, but like online was an opportunity for me to serve in a capacity that as a woman, in my local body, I had been rejected and unable to. So I just want to like validate that for anyone who's out there who has been misunderstood and mm -hmm. has felt, like you said, like dismissing that pride and that shame. I just want to really put that out there is that mm -hmm. my, my ability, like what I'm doing right now was birthed out of a rejection. It was, it was a redirection of me. I was trying to physically serve in local capacity and I was ghosted and I wasn't able to do that. And there was no, there was no, um, bitterness towards it. It was more so of like, okay, but now what? And I, I had asked God and, and, and God said, similar to what Brittany said, like serve the people in front of you. And so yeah. that's how I ended up online and doing that. And that's how I ended up creating all of those relationships and connections and figuring out how, cause not that relationship is a strategy because it's not, yeah. it's really not because we don't, we don't create an established connection with people in order to leverage ourselves. That's, yeah. that's a really dangerous 
very poor. And then it is making it about ourselves. It is. It is making it about ourselves. But what I did and what I found to be really helpful is to seek out hashtags. So specifically, let's say, all right. So when I first started writing, which things have changed. Yeah. They have changed. It's been a while. But I remember seeking out hashtags for things that I felt driven to write about. So I would put like hashtag therapy and Jesus or hashtag resilient, hashtag whatever it was, daily devotion, things like that. And then I would scroll through and I would look for like the hashtags that were the most engaged with. And then I would go to those profiles and I would see if there was writing opportunities. And I would see if they had availability because I was looking for specific pain points to drive hope home. And so in order for me to find spaces where I felt like my voice was a good fit, I was looking for the hashtags and the engagement and seeing if those communities had space for writers. And that's how I did that specifically. Does does that mean you sent a DM and said, hey, do you have space for me as a writer? So sometimes. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. But otherwise, like a lot of them, like specifically with Elle, she had open submissions. Yeah. Okay. Every quarter. And I had to, I submitted more than once. I was rejected. Okay. Elle is one of my great friends now. Yeah. She was at our book launch event. Like, but at the time, you know, I, I mean, I submitted, I got rejected. I put my words out there and was told, no, this isn't a good fit. And then I kept working harder and I would go to places. I would refine my work. My words, your, your work is a craft. It's just like communion and creativity with God. And so you have to take the time. Like if it's not a good fit, you either, you refine your work, you work on your words and you figure out like, okay, let's try again. And I did that. I tried again and I got an opportunity to write with Elle And I mean, there were times when people would reach out to me specifically, but those were more far and few in between. It was a lot more of me putting myself out there and making the also relationally. So there are specific times when there would be people writing online and I would be engaging and consuming their work and Mm -hmm. I would share their work and I would get to know them in that way as just like a outside looking in. And establishing relationship in the DMs over like long periods of time, camaraderie, and then getting to know them and having those genuine connections because you don't want to serve and ask in the DMs. I feel like relationship is really important. I wanted to add to that too. This was something I just felt like God gave me this little word. Worldly success isn't always the same as godly success. And I think... Mm -hmm it's easy to look at the person to your left and the person to your right. And they're like, they're doing all these amazing things. They're doing all these amazing things. And I only have a hundred followers and I'm writing all this stuff and I'm, you know, showing up where I'm at and being obedient, but nothing's happening, but we don't, we can't equate our godly success to what worldly success looks like because the two are so very different. Yeah. And like we were talking about earlier, if you're helping the one, yeah. Then you're doing your job in the yeah. kingdom, you know, and focusing on obedience, not on opportunity. Continue to be obedient with where you're at and what you have. Yeah. 
And those thoughts are normal. I want to really normalize that. They are that so very normal. <laughs> they creep up no matter how many times we read, you know, amazing things like this and, and the reminders and the post-its, I think they always will creep up and it's, it's good to just acknowledge them and also yeah. to recognize like, this is not of God. And so if we can start yeah. to filter those thoughts through who he says we are and what we're doing. Yeah. So I know for myself, when I write, I feel like my best stuff comes out of what God, like I said earlier, what God is teaching me in my own life. Can you think of a particular part in the book that either was the hardest for you to write, or you felt like God was using it to teach you something personally? I was thinking about this this morning because I looked at our PR agent sent over the questions and I was reading that question. And I, if you had asked me this a couple months ago, I probably would have said the prodigal daughter chapter, Okay. but now thinking about it, I really think the hardest chapter for me to write was chapter three, affirmation addiction, chasing Uh after our worth in all the wrong places. I am an affirmation addict. I have always (laughs) attached my identity and how people see me, what they think about me. I am a people pleaser. Naturally, Uh this is my flesh nature speaking. Um, And so writing this really stung my flesh because Mm. I really tried to write it from a place of integrity and like actually applying it to my life, which was so very hard to do because I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of like needing people's opinions of you to be, you know, favorable and, and needing that affirmation from them. And I've always walked that out, you know? And so this, that chapter definitely was the hardest one for me to write because I had to apply it. And Cass and I always say, you know, we want our words to have integrity. We want to actually be living what we're writing. Right. Well, it was very genuine. So thank you for showing up and, (laughs) and, you know, putting yourself out there. How about you, Cass? Uh, you know, that's such a good question because I feel like the the hardest thing about writing a book about knowing your worth is dealing with the fact that you felt worthless yeah. and all the reason for why. Um, and so throughout the writing of the book, I felt like I was at war for my worth. Like I was going through a lot of um, trauma-informed therapy and doing um, like going through a diagnosis of PTSD and like kind of like trying to reconcile the past while also holding the hope of eternity and, and trying to navigate like how to talk about the wounds of the past, but also the healing and how to, and as a writer writing about my healing without inflicting pain. Yes. It's so important. Honoring their walk with God and, and, making sure that I tell the truth, yeah. you know, in a way, like Brittany says, writing with integrity. And so it was, it was a very deep, I think the writing of the book was a deeply personal experience yeah. for both of us for several different reasons. But yeah. I think the most difficult part of writing for me was just like reconciling and embracing every part of my story and just yeah. really believing it for myself. I love that. I, um, a couple of months ago, I had a dinner with a bunch of female pastors, which is super unheard of. It was one of those, like, we all kind of were in the same place at the same time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to get together. And we were talking about this, like, how do we empower people and help people while also going through our own hurts? And I think pausing is just so important. I think a lot of leaders 
um, get up on a stage, be it, you know, on a Sunday morning, on a church platform, even on social media. And they just kind of process with people as they're going through it. And I think there's so much danger in that. And mm-hmm. I kind of got this visual picture of like, if we are so broken or so hurt that we're like bleeding out, we can't slap a bandaid on that and then try to walk people through our healing. Like people look at it and they go, no, this is a mess. Like we have to find healing yeah. for ourselves so first so that we can take the hopeful and show them like, Hey, okay, I've got a scar now. Like yeah. I literally lived yeah. this, but let me tell you the story. Let me help you with hope. Even if it's, you know, much longer, farther down the timeline. That's so mm-hmm. good. Cass and I always say, you know, when we sat down to write this book, we did not realize the areas that we felt worthless. And when you write a book about worth, your worth is going to be attacked. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And we had to reconcile with the past. I love what you said, Cass, reconcile with the past and move forward with hope for the eternity. What did you say? (laughs) Hope for eternity. Sorry. Reconciling Um, the past while holding the hope of eternity. Yeah. Yes. That's what I meant. Uh, it is it's so good and it was it was definitely hard to write from that place of like this I'm I'm not mastered we have not mastered this whatsoever we're in it with you we're these are pain points that we feel and so we feel like we can really speak into it because we are also walking through it so Yeah. yeah All right. Well, the last question I want to ask you both is the podcast is called Becoming Church because the whole idea is that we want to teach our people that you don't go and attend a physical location for one hour on Sunday, but that we are called to become the church and and live out being the bride of Christ, you know, out in the world. So what is something that either you already see people around you doing, or what is a way that you think people could become the church? And if you want to you know, kind of pinpoint and direct it to social media. Like we've been talking about, that's great. If it's something, you know, that you've seen in your local communities, that's, that's good too. I would think about that. (laughs) It is a really good question. Um, can you repeat the question? Like, like repeat it one more time. Yeah. So basically the idea is we want to, we want everybody that's listening to understand the idea that we are called to be the church. Mm -hmm. When people come together, that is what the church is. You know, it's not a physical building. So we want to empower people to become the church to the people around them. So to their families, to their neighbors on social media, how can people step into becoming the church themselves? I think just loving the people around you, you know, it makes me think of, I think Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. And he feels love when we help his children. You know, I'm a new mom. And if somebody loves my daughter and helps her, that makes me feel loved. So I think showing up and loving the people around you and walking like Christ, like living a manner worthy of the calling you've received and doing that every anywhere that you are, whether it's at home, your job, your church, be Christ wherever you go. Yeah. So that, that's how I would answer that question. That's great. That's so good, Britt. So I'm going to paraphrase something we already, we wrote in the book, but I don't need to preface that it's from the book, but it's just the, it really piggybacks off of what Brittany is saying. And I think it encompasses becoming the church really well. Um, 
I think the way that we can become the church, especially to people who don't feel at home in their father's house, mm. is to become love. And, yeah. and the way that we can do that, the way we love people well and become church is we live out life as disciples of Christ. We allow our lives to speak louder than any sermon that we could ever preach. And we see those needs and we meet them with Christ. We seek justice and defend the oppressed, Isaiah 117. We love others when we offer, we become a church when we offer hospitality, when we advocate for the marginalized, when we comfort those who mourn, when we carry each other's burdens, when we give graciously. That's how we become the church is by being the hands and feet of Jesus and becoming love. So good. That is great. Oh my gosh, that phrase, I wrote it down. For people that don't feel at home in their father's house, house, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I felt that. I mean, that's so, it's just so Me powerful. I think that so many people feel yeah. that. That's that's one of my heart burdens. And I mean, burden, not in a hard thing, but just as like, that's one of those things that I feel like is constantly on my spirit is helping people to just kind of walk through, you know, those feelings. And um, that's so good. I mean, I mean, I could do, we could do a whole nother podcast. Episode. I've been that <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? Me? For sure. Absolutely. Do you yeah. have anything you I want mean, to say to that before we wrap? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do ministry for a living. I love, I love the church, but I don't always feel at home yeah. in my father's house. So I understand what that feels like, whether we share that with people who are listening to the podcast, or if it's just a conversation between the three of us, that's one of the biggest burdens on my heart is seeing people who feel unseen and, and knowing that oftentimes, like you said, a lot of times people don't come to church because they don't see us being the church. Right. And it's just, it's really difficult, but it's for me personally, if, if anybody feels that way or has ever felt that way, something that I'm, I've learned in, and this is from a healed place is that we can see Christ if we look for him, even, even in, even in the walls of places that are uncomfortable, but also God is, uh, God does not induce abuse. Uh, God does not endorse abuse, nor does he, um, nor does he co-sign cruelty. Mm. And so, yeah, that's so good. Cass. Thank you. I know somebody just felt super seen. by that. So I really appreciate you sharing. All right, ladies. Well, we will link up the book and her true worth and all of your social media accounts. So people can follow you or reach out if they have questions or comments, but thank you both so, so much for being here. It was an honor. Thank you, Kristen. So a little behind the scenes information for you. If you heard any kid voices or noticed some abrupt little edits in that episode, it's because this conversation was a conversation with three working moms who, you know, sometimes kids just don't understand that mommy has boundaries of being on a podcast. And so we thank you for your patience and grace. If you happened to catch that we had children running around while this episode was being recorded. Listen, I really believe that this is an episode that you need to share with someone else. So if there is someone that you follow on social media, if there is someone you know in your life who really is 
trying to do ministry in the digital space. Maybe they're trying to write a book or they're trying to bring people hope or point people to Jesus in any of the social media platforms. I would love for you to share this episode with them so they can hear some practicals from Cass and Brittany so that they can know that they are not alone and that God um, sees them and that their worth comes from him. As always, make sure you're subscribing, following, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for being here.